This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. And uh, tonight, it, of course, it's the preview show because it's Friday. It's a Friday evening and uh, packed, packed, packed show tonight. Uh, I have with me, as ever, the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. How lovely to be called wonderful. Thank you, Chidge. I think it should be called the wonderful David Chidgey Presents. Who's he? I don't know that person. Oh, you're so self-effacing. No, no, no. I'm Stamford Chidge. I don't know this bloke that you're talking about. Oh, that's about. true. Yeah, Stamford yeah, Chidge, yeah. yeah. Uh, you lovely well? to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Good. Always lovely to see you. Um, fresh off uh, a lovely evening at, uh, what did you call it? The Cathedral of Spuds You Don't Like. Yes. <laughs> I loved that. That was hilarious. Thank you. Anyway, um, talking of which, you, you emailed me the wrong clip, so I, I put the, the pre- previous legs up, so we need to rectify that at some point. Did I send you which one did I send, the previous yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, they've been moaning at, moaning at, 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 on Discord at me, saying, calling Sorry. me an idiot. And I said, it's all, it's all JK's fault. It's my fault, it's entirely my fault. Anyway, we digress. Uh, who have we got on the show tonight, JK? Oh, oh God, we'll just have to introduce these people. Adam Newsom, who hasn't, haven't you got anything better to do, Adam? <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. He's on again. Um, and uh, and the wonderful Dean Mears, who will soon be taking over from both of us. And a uh, uh, brilliant presenter of uh, Went to Mo King's Meadow. And um, as I say, yeah, has, uh, has not been on the show enough, but has, has been with his baby. So it's understandable. I just reminded actually of a show that we did a couple of weeks ago when both Dean and Dane were not on and we did actually behind their backs accuse them of uh, mounting a coup, didn't we, JK? Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Yeah, rightly so. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's... I'll I'll uh, I'll zoom in and it'll be uh, it'll be both of them saying, "Oh, what are you doing on yeah. here, Jonathan?" Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sooner the better, I think. Yeah. Uh, for for both of our accounts, I think. But there you go. Anyway, let's get on with it because uh, lots to talk about tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, fresh off beating uh, Spurs in the Caribou Cup final to uh, to get to another a ninth, I think it's our ninth League Cup final um, and our sixth uh, appearance in a final in six. I mean, there's so many brilliant stats that came out of this. But uh, 
Let's kick it off uh, with uh, Mr. Rudiger, JK, who was absolutely outstanding. May, maybe, maybe like so many Chelsea players in the past, actually, uh, you know, playing Spurs gets the best out of Rudiger. Of course, remember they, <laughs> they, they, they were accused of being racist towards him. So he, I don't think he likes them very much, but he scored again. Um, but it, I've got these stats here, JK, that I, I nicked off Sky that I'm going to read you. I mean, I know we all think stats can be a bit meaningless, but uh, in terms of his ranking for stats, he was uh, first for goals, obviously, because he was the only person who scored. Uh, he was first for successful passes, first for passing accuracy, first for duels, uh, first for aerial duels, and second for possession one. I mean, I just thought he was brilliant, actually. And he's, it, I mean, I'll ask Adam in a minute about whether we might be able to keep him because there have been some rumours this week. But let's just talk about how fantastic he was first. He was, he was fabulous. Wasn't he? And I, I loved his uh, celebration when he scored. Got sort of strutted up and just kind of just just looked as many fans as he could in the face while going, "Look what I've just done here! I've scored against you, and it's probably probable that you now won't have a chance to get back into the tie, unless, of course, the referee helps you. But more of that, we'll we'll get onto that uh, later on. Um, yeah, I, I just wonder whether the the fact that he's he's calculating his millions with his agent is helping him to perform even better the very fact that uh, um, so many clubs are offering him clearly huge amounts of money and he looks as if um, I don't know what deal how they do it how they perhaps you don't get paid all at once just at the end of your contract they'll then give you a lump sum how um, um, perhaps you'd be more knowledgeable about players contracts Adam I'm just bemused as to as to what on earth Chelsea could do to somehow not break the bank and not set up a situation where he earns more than anybody else and yet at the same time ultimately makes more money than anybody else but you know it, it, it's our own fault for winning the champions league you know they, this was kind of inevitable wasn't it you're going to get all these players wanting large amounts of money because and they're so in demand from having been terrific uh and and he just seems to get better and better and better i mean um um obviously the the, uh, the the first penalty that wasn't was poss- was a lunge that we could have done without. But he he um, he did it outside the box though. To be fair, of course he did. Of course he did. So he timed it beautifully. He has a wonderful ability to get in front of the of the opponent um, uh, and to sort of sit there. And probably in the in twenty years ago it would have been obstruction. But the the other player then manages to foul him. And he, he uh, but he's just, he's just a, a rock. He's a huge physical specimen. I'd, I'd, I, awful thing to say is, is we won't find anybody playing as well as him. No. Um, and he already, to me, he's player of the year. A quite phenomenal performance. Yeah, I, can, I agree with all of that. And, and you, you mentioned Adam in dispatches there. I mean, there have been some rumblings. I mean, I've been picking up a few vibes this week, Adam in the press that people think that or Tuchel you know he did a wry grin or something that may have been translated as maybe there's hope that we might be able to keep him because I think I think pretty I mean I'm normally very much of the well if they want to go let them go you know we'll just find somebody else you know nobody's bigger than the club blah 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 Mm. I am wearing my legacy fan t-shirt to kind of validate that kind of opinion tonight but actually he would be bloody hard to replace and I really do think they need to pull out all the stops to try and keep him if possible is there a chance there's always been a chance. Mm. And I think I may have said it on here that it, it wouldn't be completely out of the question that Rudiger fields offers um, from clubs across Europe and then decides, actually, no, 
Chelsea are my best bet here. Um, the thing that JK is alluding to there is obviously because he wouldn't cost a club any money, they can then offer what would be a transfer fee of X million pounds to Rudiger, which is the, the issue that Chelsea face. Chelsea can offer him something similar with a signing on fee, but it gets quite expensive for Chelsea. And then you've still got a player on big money at your club. And that in itself creates other problems with other players then wanting equal pay or parity or, or even more. So it is it is a little bit problematic for Chelsea. Um, but I, I've always felt there's been a chance he stays just because he is completely content at Chelsea. Tuchel loves him. Tuchel has, has tried to reinforce that you're not going to find a better environment than here at Chelsea. Look, I've been at PSG. Chelsea's better. So... We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, he's wanting two hundred grand a week, Dean. Um, I, I, I'm not entirely sure how much all of them are paid. It would make him one of our highest-paid players, but not obscenely so. But I, I think this, you know, the Londoners' Blue Boys had Matt Law on, didn't they, the other day? And he was saying that, you know, that's what Rudy was looking for. Um, but he kind of would like more than that, really. But he'd, he'd probably settle for two hundred grand. But the thing, thing is, he'd get, you know, if he he'd get a signing-on fee from one of the big clubs that would kind of make his salary nearer to 400 grand a week, which, of course, nobody's going to pay him. So, you know, it's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it, Dino? Yeah, I mean, it's very good of him to settle on £200,000 a week. Yeah. Um, generous, very generous of him. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like um, Adam said, I think those 400 grand a week rumours come out because the agent knows that from January you can get offers from other clubs. Yeah. So they'll test the water and then sit down and see what one they think works best. And did Tuchel say something about he's found the right environment at Chelsea? Yeah. Uh, something similar along those lines yeah. that um, has meant Rudiger has played absolutely fantastic. And if it fits in with the club's budget and they can work it, it doesn't cause too many problems, then, yeah, absolutely give yeah. him give him that figure. Yeah, because you'd be... A, I mean, just looking at that, you need big match players, and he's clearly one. Um, big match player, Andre, or the crimes of the ancient Mariner certainly is not J.K., not once, but not twice, but three times he made unbelievably incompetent and idiotic <laughs> decisions. What is wrong with these people? Well, you know, I keep going on about the fact he's not quite up with play, but the, we had no excuse. We hadn't. No, he didn't have that excuse for particularly the first one because he was quite near. He actually responded to the linesman because the linesman went mad, flagged like you know he was swatting an enormous mutant fly that had attacked him, and. Um, he just went for it, and you could see Mariner thinking, "Oh well, I was oh well, I, I didn't quite see that, but my my friendly Lino friend has uh, he's come up with it." Um, so he obviously had to to eat his uh, his um, his his stupid strutting um, view of the game that he normally has. He's he's there's something there's something of the sailor about Mariner, isn't there? I think even though he's called Mariner, because he has a kind of sailor's gait, doesn't he? He has a kind of oh, are you feeling it's a bit like that, you know, when he's going round. That's right. He does. He has a bendy backwards and forwards movement about him. Um but uh I think he had the same thing with the he was actually a very long way away from the from the Kepper incident and once again relied on the linesman. And the linesman gave it. So the linesmen were both completely shit as well. So not only is he shit, he's got a shit team with him. Um, and then, bizarrely, the the offside, we could see that Kepper, even though we were up the other end, for God's sake, we could see that Kepper was in advance. And therefore, there were the chances where there was only one player there. So if he was if he was level with, just slightly ahead of the other 
defender, he would have been offside as well. Um, he would have been offside. It isn't, isn't to do with the, the, the everybody was, pe people were citing an example of, yeah, but where the goalkeeper was there, therefore there were three. And you go, no, it's two players and the goalkeeper had advanced. It's just two players. It doesn't have to be the goalkeeper being involved there. It, it's, he, he made him offside by being Kepa, by being, going for the ball, being advanced. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, they were just dreadful. I mean, please, can we not just replace these people? They're just so awful and, but, and slow to get up with the game. And, and I think they try and get away with just being chummy with everybody. It's almost as if, oh, look, it's old, oh, it's old uh, uh, Andre Mariner. He's a good bloke. You, you just stand in the centre circle, but he's all right, isn't he, really? He makes the odd crap decision, but nah, come on. Well, you know, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? It's not good enough, and it could no. have cost us because that would have made it, oh. go, you know, go to extra time. And I mean, you know, we, we don't have enough time to go into everything in minute detail like we would on a Monday. But we were so, so better than Spurs, so completely on top. That would have been just a ridiculous travesty. I just want to spend a, spend a couple of minutes, uh, you know, talking about Tuchel and Chelsea and this remarkable. Uh, you know, proclivity they have for reaching finals. Uh, before I talk about the press conference, because I think you were there, weren't you, today, Adam, at the press? Yeah, it was indeed. And it was quite yeah. an interesting one. Uh, unusually, some might say, but uh, I, I, maybe you're a better judge of that than me. But Dino, uh, Tuchel, I think, is amazing. Again, myriad stats coming out. I mean, this is the ninth out of nine semi-finals that he's won. Uh, he's already taken Chelsea to an FA Cup final, a Champions League Cup final, a Super Cup final, and now a League Cup final. I mean, he is, he is A, brilliant. And I think when you think about how many, I think it's 19 finals we've now been to since Roman took over and 31 overall, we seem to be perfectly suited to each other, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Everything that we've achieved sort of flies in the face of the decisions that the club seem to make um, of what you think a football club should be run with stability where we throw that out the window and seem to reap the reward. So maybe we do it right and everyone else does it wrong. Um but we hope with Tuchel that we get that stability and that he can stay because he's obviously, for me, the best coach in the world, up with Guardiola. Um, what he's done since he's come in, uh, his semi-final record speaks for itself. We're just fantastic with him. And when we've got our players fit, I don't think there's a better team in Europe than us. Mm. That's interesting. Really good point and also a good link, actually. Uh, uh, sorry, just can, I, sorry, can I just add that yeah. Tuchel said after the game, sort of how you say it's kind of intertwined now he said the club mentality sharpens the attitudes of the players and this is not something you can invent it's a long process sort of saying this is what Chelsea have now done over years and years and it's ingrained in the club and the players know that yeah. which I think is probably just as important as everything Thomas Tuchel has done yeah I think that's a really good point and it's a point we've made on the show several times actually about the difference perhaps between oddly some of the youth players that come in and maybe some of the kids that, or the players that come over from abroad because they they those kids people like mason mount reese james etc 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 that's been ingrained in them since they were eight years old they do not like to lose and they get a bit nasty if they, they think that's happening and i think that's a good thing um I thought, as I said earlier on, actually, Adam, a very interesting press conference today. I mean, obviously, you know, Trevo's still out. We know that. Christensen's gone down with COVID, which I think is unbelievably annoying. Um, and the other thing that, that came out of it for me initially on, on players, really, is Kennedy apparently has come back from his loan. And I love what Tuchel said here, talking about how wonderful he is. Um, he says he's 
a solution, not necessarily the solution. I couldn't have put it better myself. Yeah, I don't think there's too much else to add to that, really. Not um, really. From what I was told, Chelsea were bringing Kennedy back um, primarily because there's interest from him in Spain and they were going to chuck him out there. Um, but they've, they're still running into a brick wall with Emerson and it's kind of a situation of, yeah, Kennedy's here. He can play left wing back a little bit. If we can't get anybody else in, then fine. We'll go with him. He's not, is he? Yeah. He's not the solution to this problem, but he can be a solution, an option, a rotation um, option for Tuchel when Alonso needs a break. And I think it's an insurance policy basically now. If Chelsea well, can't do what was, they want to do. The impression then, he was then, saying in the press so that he could actually improve him. I'm sure Tuchel can improve him and by all accounts Tuchel likes him and and quite liked him in pre-season like his personality and everything he thought he'd be a good fit for this for the group but there's a reason he hasn't played for Chelsea for four years well that's because he was rude to the Chinese and as the Monty Python used to say never be rude to the Chinese yeah he did get in hot water for that didn't he he did Um, but we'll see as we say Chelsea do they still haven't given up on Emerson um, they're still trying to make that happen, but Leon seems to be standing quite firm on it. There are other options. If those options don't come off, then you've got Kennedy there. Why not keep him around for six months and as his cover? Well, indeed. Uh, although, having said that, I mean, you know, kind of leaping back to the the Tottenham match on on Wednesday, I thought I thought Saar had an excellent game. Dino, I mean, I was, I mean, actually, he he seems to improve and improve and improve every game he plays, which is, I suppose, not surprising. But uh, you know, a, a left back, I did not have him down as, and, and then he got more forward than than anybody else. I thought, I mean, even put more crosses in. So maybe we've got another back up there that we might not have realised. Yeah, I didn't have him down as a centre back when he first played for us. No, me neither. <laughs> Couldn't believe he was on the pitch. <laughs> uh, but maybe that's a sign of what two can do with players when he's given the opportunity uh, to coach them. Uh, he spoke about improving Kennedy. If he can make Saar into an Ashley Cole uh, tribute act, then maybe he could um, do the same with Kennedy. Yeah, I mean, Saar's got a bit about him too, actually, JK. He's got a bit of edge. I love players with a bit of that. I just do love them. You know, I'll forgive them anything if they kick somebody. I'm terribly old-fashioned, really, aren't I? But, you know, <laughs> he has got a bit of an edge to him, hasn't you'd, he? You'd like them all to be Billy Bremner, really, wouldn't you? No, no, not Billy Diego Bremner. Co- Diego Costa. Yeah. Team of Diego Costa. Yeah, yeah. We tried to do, we did a shithouse T11 the other week, didn't we, actually? Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, he's got a bit of bit of you know something about him, and I quite like that. He's only a young youngster, but he's you know he did all right. I thought he has steadily improved, hasn't he? As the season's gone on, I think that's something must take into consideration because he didn't do himself any favors by appearing in the Spurs uh, friendly and giving the ball away immediately, and they scored. If you remember, and people yeah. were saying, "I hope I don't ever see him play again." Or he'll <laughs> not, be not that we're reactionary at all. At yeah, t- you no, know, no, no. 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 Off on, but I think he was playing in the same team Barkley was in it, and we thought, well, we actually said, thank goodness we won't be seeing any of these players again. And look how <laughs> look how wrong we've been. Oh, there you go. I mean, who knew? Uh, Tuchel did want to stress though that 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 Malang Sar's not a wing back option. He he made yeah. that pretty clear. He said he he's plays a left back. okay in a four, doesn't he? He said he could play, he could he could play left back. He can play left of a yeah, three. They're trying to make out that the four will be perfect for Lukaku, but I'm not sure that anything's perfect for Lukaku. Well, just very quickly, I've got to say, I mean, he he seemed to be getting quite a a lot of love. Now, okay, I wasn't there, so I didn't see, you know, it all, and I get that. But what I could see was that 
his touch is woeful again. You know, we I moaned about it after, you know, the Chesterfield game. But it's woeful. I mean, bloody hell. Anyway, I'm just going to stop before I start off on a massive rant. Um, no, listen, well, I agree with you, Chief. Yeah, I, felt, do you? I, I, I feel exactly the same. But he didn't display any of the, the bullying or, or tenacity or even energy that he displayed in the Villa game. In the Villa game, he came on and played out of his skin. It was absolutely fabulous. And that final penalty was when he the, the effort to get the ball in front of Mings. He was being chased by two very quick centre-halves and he, he bullied them out of it. And he just didn't didn't have that approach. And I wonder whether, uh, you know, it just seemed to me that he, he was on a roll and then affected by whether he's been affected by it and then kind of stopped because he was then dropped because of the intergate thing. So I'm, you know, whether he's, I don't know, just slightly down tools or just isn't happy once again, I don't know. But we're not seeing the same player. That wasn't the same player last night that played against Villa. Yeah, but the touch is what worries me. You know, yeah, but that, that's part of it. You know? Well, yeah, but it's also something that, 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 that's that been levelled at him in the past. I remember, you know, a lot of places he's been. You know, he scores goals, but, he, you know, the football is not his friend. Anyway, we'll see. Jury's out on that one. Um, Adam, uh, much of the press conference or the rest of it really focused on the City game. Oh, what a surprise. Uh, and there was some very... I thought there were some quite interesting questions that came out, you know, and I thought some particularly interesting responses from, from Tommy T. I mean, obviously... They wanted to to think, you know, if we lose this tomorrow, is that us completely stuffed? Which I think it kind of would be. Uh, but more more pertinently, they talked about the you know the closing of the gap, and I thought he was very you know very articulate on that, particularly in terms of us needing you know if we got our, our all of our players fit, then we're as good as anybody. Which I agree. The other thing I thought was interesting was his very honest admission that he made a bit of a tactical blunder in the home match where. You know, we were absolutely outclassed, I think, really. We were lucky to get away with a 1-0. So so what did you think of all of that? Uh, I mean, I appreciate him saying that because I wrote a piece that went live early morning where I looked at the City game and said that he got the system wrong. So I appreciate him saying that. That was quite handy. Um, it It was a good press conference. He's been a bit more subdued recently and it kind of felt he was back to his sort of early season uh, chattiness, which is nice because he is a good talker when he's feeling it. Um, maybe that's a result of reaching a final and, and Chelsea seemingly playing well again. Um, yeah, the, the closing the gap stuff. I mean, it's, it's easy to forget just how many injuries Chelsea have had this season. I mean, I was looking over it earlier. You've had Lukaku out for a month, Werner out for a month. You've had Kante in and out, um, Kovacic obviously out for six weeks, Chilwell, James. It's a lot of players that Chelsea have had out for good spells now. Was that always, always to COVID, though? Was Havert always to COVID? No, no, no that was... No, he was, was injured as well, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, but this is even, this, you know, not even going into the COVID stuff. I mean, just pure injuries. Chelsea have had a fair share and, and they've still managed to get to the Champions League knockout stages, still reached the League Cup final, still second in the Premier League, through in the FA Cup. They've only been... They haven't, they've lost one game since September. So it's impressive what Chelsea managed to achieve despite all that. And yes, if we had if we had a full squad available for the last three months, then who knows where we might be. But we haven't. That's the reality. This is what typical saying. That's the reality of it. Let's not complain about it. It's just what it is. Um, and yes, we get beaten tomorrow. We are probably done in the title race, sadly. But, you know, given the extenuating circumstances, it's not a huge surprise, I don't think. Um, I did think it, the most interesting thing for me was Tuchel's reaction to the question about clubs potentially gaming the uh, system with COVID uh, and having matches postponed, which 
given news tonight that Arsenal have uh, have requested to have the North London derby postponed because they have what is reported at the moment one COVID case plus injuries and Af- players at Afcon. Uh, Tuchel said he'd be very, very angry if if yes, opposition, if rival sides would be trying to game this. And I don't know. It's it's a bit suspect that Arsenal have even put in this request because injuries and players going to the African Cup of Nations isn't a new thing. It's happened for years. That should not be any grounds to have a game postponed, especially if you only have one COVID case as well. No, absolutely right. I'm really pleased to hear him say that, actually. Um, because clubs are clearly gaming it. I, I mean, I think that. Dean, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. They're using uh, the opportunity to have that extra bit of rest or move a game they don't really feel like playing that week. Um, but I don't know how strict the reporting guidelines are on, how they have to prove these things. But if Liverpool can then say a few days later that all their tests are false positive, then a four days later from that, say they've come back different, um, even though they didn't have COVID apparently. Uh, something's going on. Yeah. JK? Um, do you think, though, that, that what Tuchel said about having all these injuries and uh, um, and the COVID was actually an excuse uh, to an extent? Because there were some performances in that month that um, were just down to poor finishing, which is something that I don't think he's actually really sorted at all. I mean, it, I, I, I agree with him that... Um, uh, we have we haven't played our best team, unlike City, who've been able to play their best team frequently because they haven't been affected in the same way as us. But nonetheless, there's been the odd game where we've played with a pretty decent lineup, um, with only a couple of injuries that we've just failed. We've failed to, to put it to bed. United and Burnley, I think, being the yeah. best example. Yeah. yeah, I think they. Uh, so I think that the fact that he's giving it this blanket excuse is is fair enough in that they they it, it has been ridiculous the number of injuries. But nonetheless, um, I felt we lost those. We drew those games down not to the the performances which were excellent, which were just down to this this weird problem that he has of uh, of getting the ball into the net. I don't know. I, I could play devil's advocate, I guess, for Tuchel, but I would guess his response may be something along the lines of, well, against um, Burnley, we didn't have Lukaku and Werner to turn to, and if we could introduce them late on, maybe we win that game. Yeah, we maybe could. win it. Yeah, same, for, same for Manchester for, United. You know, We could only bring on Lukaku, who's only fit for the last 10. If we can start him, maybe we win this game because he's the goal scorer. I mean, look, I'm playing devil's advocate, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but they are, they're, they're playing it well. It's re- they're they're good. If he 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 appears to have such a um, a high requirement with the along with the medical team that the players have reached a certain um, peak of fitness, and it, it, as as is seen by the fact that if somebody's been um, injured, they don't immediately get back into the side. He never puts them straight. Whereas, you know, we're used to watching Chelsea teams in the past that you just, anybody you happen to actually, oh, he's, he's okay now, put him in from the beginning. Whereas he really does shepherd yeah. the squad. Well, I, I think this is why he was so irked with the COVID cases and games being called off because obviously against, was it Wolves? Chelsea went yeah. into that game and ended up playing Mateo Kovacic, who'd been out for six weeks and had COVID, yes. ended up playing him for half an hour has played Callum Hudson-Odoi for 90 minutes after he's had COVID. And this is what's really bugged Tuchel, is that he's been, he's felt forced into playing guys who he would not want to risk their health, but he's kind of had to. And now he's looking at other clubs, having games called off for different reasons, you know, not not pure 
this is a COVID outbreak, so you've got this game off, which Chelsea had and they requested the game off and they didn't get it. This is, I think, what's starting to really irk Tuchel and, and sort of led to him saying, I'll be very angry if uh, if clubs are actually gaming this now. Is there anything that can be done? Is Can they go, can they make a, a complaint? Can can uh, Is there a complaints process in this instance? Who would they speak to at the Premier League? What do they do? Who does it? Is it done by, by Marina? Does she come wade in and, or Bruce Buck? Who does that? Uh, I would imagine it'd be Bruce Buck who would go to the Premier League if, if Chelsea really don't, did want to lobby this because, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Arsenal game. To me, it shouldn't be called off, but mm. we'll see what happens. We will indeed. Um, Adam, before I let you go, I've got one more question for you. Um, you were there in the press conference today. Tuchel said this. Can you try and explain to me what on <laughs> earth this means? He says, you'll finally have plates back and it's just like catching a fish. What is he talking about? I can tell you slippery, slippery. You're not Adam. Was... Let Adam answer for No, me. but that's all I got it when I looked at it. I thought, oh, he's talking about grabbing the fish and it slips out of your hands. You think yes, it's fine I and you've got it. Yeah. That's 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 what I think he's saying in terms of you think finally we've got X, Y, and Z player back, but then all of a sudden, no, you don't, because um Christensen will test positive for COVID and then he's out again. Right. I, I think JK seemingly has, has understood this completely fine and maybe we're just idiots for for not get, getting tickle yeah maybe so maybe so so it's basically yeah like it's a slippery situation but there you go adam always an absolute delight to have you on the show my friend um you going up there tomorrow i am indeed nice uh nice early start yeah, that I should bet. be a good one yeah what train are you getting it's eight o'clock or something from Watford Junction where I live so it's not it's not the end of the world I'm sure I'll be up anyway I've got a three-year-old they wake up at stupid o'clock so. they do well look stay safe uh, have a good trip up there and back and uh, no doubt we will see you very soon I hope I look forward to that thank you JK might not but thank you Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we love you I love you Adam love having you on the show Oh, love it, dear. love it. You talk sense, I talk bollocks. Yeah, this is true, but we we love you all as a, as a result of that. Uh, Adam, as I said, brilliant to see you on the show. We'll see you again soon. Uh, we're going to have a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking to a, a returning guest, another another session with our great mate, uh, a Man City fan called uh, David Walker from Red But Never Red. We'll see you in a sec. Cheech. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on tv oh chich i'd be bereft inconsolable the thought of missing my beloved blue boys life <laughs> it's all too much <laughs> i know jk i know it's all a bit too much isn't it yes <laughs> well panic not nordvpn have come to the rescue they have Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? 
Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Football Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge and the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show. And of course, I've got Mr. Jonathan Kidd with us. Lovely to be on the show again. And uh, Mr. Dean Mears. Yeah, great to be back. And of course, it's now time for this. That's right, another ish, uh, episode, call it what you will, of The Opposition View, which we absolutely love doing. And uh, I'm delighted to say, as it's Man City uh, tomorrow, uh, there's no better person to talk about uh, Man City with than uh, than Mr. David Walker, who, of course, is from Red But Never Red, who's been on the show. I, I, do you know what, David? I've lost count of how many times you've been on, but every time you've been on, it's always been a joy. So welcome back. That's very kind of you to have me back, but I've been on three times on each occasion, I predicted a City win, and we've subsequently lost, so that's all changing tonight. Well, that's why we invite you back, David. You're so generous <laughs> with it as well, you know. Um, I have a suspicion it, it's going to be tough. Anyway, before we get into all of that, um, you know, we've just been talking uh, with Adam Newsom from Football. London about uh, the presser today, and, and, you know, Tuchel's pretty angry about a lot of sides in the Premier League seeming to be gaming, you know, the rules about calling matches off for COVID, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and understandably so, because we asked to get one called off and they said no. And I think only you and, and, and us, I think we're the only two clubs that haven't been able to get a match called off. I, could, I mean, I know that others haven't asked for it to happen, but have been on the receiving mm. end because they've been playing somebody else. But I think, I think we might be the only two. Um, so that having been said, do City have any issues with COVID, fatigue, AFCON and injury as a result of this absolute mess for the last month and a half? Simple answer is yes. Um, but when you look in the press and you listen to certain teams, um, one team that uh, apparently had 14 false positives. Can't think who you're talking about. <laughs> no, I, I can't believe who, who I don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, no, but City, we went to Swindon last week. Obviously, that wasn't going to be the toughest task with due respect to Swindon. But we had seven players out with COVID. We also had injuries. We've got Riyad Mahrez gone to AFCON. Um, we're in the, if you call it the fortunate position, that we haven't had to ask to have any games called off. We've managed to play our, fulfil all our fixtures. We managed to win them, which is great from our perspective. Um, and yet you've got this, I don't know, this narrative in the media that City are lucky. Um, Pep said today, you know, we've had our fair share of COVID. There was some, well, I won't name him from the BBC. He's a complete dick piece. Um, but imputing that... Oh, you know, City, they haven't been touched by COVID. Um, well, 
we have been. We've been as touched as anybody else. We've been fortunate that we've been able to put out a team. But as Pep said today, you know, there have been games where our bench has been 80% from the academy. So we're, we're not untouchable from COVID. Who is? And I just, it's a bit of a misnomer. And it's, it's irritating when you've got, you've got the victims from Liverpool always perpetuating certain narratives. And have, lately, I mean, Arsenal, the Arsenal fans have actually surpassed themselves as, as whingers. I mean, my God, they went into the stratosphere. And then lo and behold, they're asking for their, their derby with Tottenham to be called off on, on the weekend. Yes, indeed. I, th- I think, well, I, I couldn't have said it all better myself. And, you know, it does rankle a bit. You know, it, it does seem like one rule for them and one rule for the others. And you're absolutely right. I mean, because we've, we've had the same, I mean, whether you could call them accusations leveled at us or not, I don't know. But everybody that I've heard in the media throughout the entire period have been coming out with, oh, why, why are Chelsea fans moaning? Why are Chelsea moaning? They've got the biggest squad. They've got quality in their squad. You know, they've got nothing to moan about. They're fine. So it's exactly the same point that's made to you lot. And actually exactly the same as you lot. We've had to be play. I mean, you know, we, we've been bringing kids from the youth team in to, to fill the gaps. I mean, actually, brilliantly and remarkably, they've all done very well. But, you know, it's not been ideal. And, and I think it's, it's a combination of COVID and injuries are certainly, you know, Put a put of a bit of a, a halt to our any pretense we had as a title challenge. So it's a, it's very annoying. Um, you guys are on in ominous form at the moment. You've got you know I mean we know we know City do this. They have this kind of uh, habit of putting a huge string of wins back to back together. And you're on eleven at the moment. Um, I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's a stupid question in a way because I mean it's, the answer is pretty obvious. But you know, is there any secret to that form? What's what's been going on with City for the last few months to put this string of wins together? I think you've touched upon it as well because it's not just the last few months. We do do this, and we've done it three or four times in recent seasons. I think the difference is we talk about depth of squad and the quality of the squad. What Pep does. He makes good players better, but he also makes players much more adaptable so that they, we can put square pe- pegs into round holes without really disrupting the team. Um, you know, we, we haven't had a recognised striker for the past couple of seasons, bearing in mind Aguero was out for most of last season. Um, so we, you know, we play false nines, but we never know, and the opposition never knows from one game to the other, who will be the false nine. Indeed, they interchange during a match. Uh, but I think it's the, it's the all-round... Um, the fact that we can make our players utility players whilst also being absolutely brilliant in their preferred role when Pep has a full sort of squad to choose from. So, and I also think that um, Pep himself obviously is the great improviser. He is a football genius. Um, and we've just, we just have this, I think we've, we've got a good mental attitude as well. We've got the capacity to, to weather the storm I think the Arsenal win, which got so many of them whinging, especially that dickhead Alan Davis, the would-be comedian, and he has a particularly onerous um, podcast, which is uh, borderline racist. But, I mean, Pep had said after the Arsenal game, some players were very, very mentally and physically tired because they were either, unbeknownst to us at the time, going down with COVID or were recovering from COVID. So there's so many facets to it. That's a really good point, actually, because I think we've had that that situation as well. And you're right about Alan Davies; he hates Chelsea to the to the extent that he's libelous about us quite frequently. Horrible, horrible person. Somebody I'd love to punch on the nose if I ever got the opportunity. <laughs> um, 
I worked with him, but can, I didn't can, talk football with him. Can you punch him on my behalf? Uh, if I put work with him again, but it's unlikely, I think. Can you call him a Gareth? I'd settle uh, for that. Uh, I might slip him a piece of paper with it written on it. Okay. I mean, I remember he, he wrote something that went all over Twitter about five or six years about church. Do you remember Dino? Yeah. yeah. I remember it. Not, not sort of the topic, but I remember him being yeah. Uh, odious. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Anyway, we digress. Um, David, I've got a theory, okay, about City this <laughs> season, which I think I have aired on here before. This is probably why JK's yawning, actually. He's heard it all before. But uh, anyway, the theory the theory goes something like this. That I I wonder if Pep is going... I mean, you know, you're 10 points ahead of us at the moment. You know, you could make an argument to say if you win tomorrow, it's, that, that's it. The title's done and dusted. Uh, and I, I wonder if Pep is going all out to win the Premier League this season as quickly as he can. So let's say April in order for him to then focus on what the club apparently really want, and that is to win the Champions League. Uh, do you think there's a, a theory there that's, uh, that stands up to scrutiny? It stands up to common sense in, in as much as what team wouldn't want to win the Premier League as soon as possible, well, yeah. given the opportunity, obviously. Um, it's a funny one with the fans, because although we do want to win the Champions League, and I think a certain team got in the way of that last year, with most of the City fans still value the Premier League above the Champions League. And the, and I do this season. Yes, I want to win both. Of course I do. Um, but <sighs> Champions League is the holy grail or the perceived holy grail because it's the one we've never won. It's the one that the it's always the old Sheikh Mansour and Khaldun, our chairman. It's what the, the Abu Dhabi owners want to win above all else, which makes sense to a degree because it carries such prestige and it it recognises you across the continent. Um, but it's, it's a strange one. If you ask most City fans, I think most are still value the Premier League over the Champions League. I think Pep does want the Champions League again, though, because it's been a while, obviously, since he won it with Barcelona. I mean, I, I, from my understanding and chats with you before, a, a lot of City fans, you know, disinterest, for want of a better word, for the Champions League really stems from their loathing of UEFA, which I can understand. But yeah. I, I think, put it around another way, you know, I mean, City, you know, and us have been the best two clubs in England for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, certainly in terms of trophy halls. Um, but you've not won the Champions League. And I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, you and I are similar ages. For, for me as a Chelsea fan, to win the Champions League was just massive because, you know, it meant that I could look a scouser in the eyes and say, well, we've won what you've won. I mean, obviously not as many times, but we've won the Champions League, the European Cup too. So get back in your box, you know. And I can always say to Arsenal fans, yeah, you know, you're a big club and you say you're bigger than us, but you've never won the Champions League. So I think I think there is, there's a much broader cachet to it than I think maybe apparent at first. Yes, there is. And as I say, it does recognise you across the continent. You know, you've, you've been in a competition with, you know, the Spanish champions, Italian champions, the German champions, and you've ultimately won it. But I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it. I still look upon the Champions League as a glorified cup competition. Mm. And I think if you win the Premier League over 38 oh, games, yeah. it carries more gravitas than, what is it, 13 games in the yeah. Champions League to get to it. I wouldn't say no to winning it. I'd love to win it. I was absolutely aghast when I saw our lineup against you guys yeah, last I remember, year. I remember. I went down the team sheet. I thought, oh, Sterling's playing, without realising, where's the holding midfield player? Yeah. And after 20 minutes, you're still asking... 
where's the holding midfield player? Yeah. Um, you know, a very galling night for a sky blue, if not a royal blue. But uh, I'd still want the Premier League over the Champions League if it was a straight choice this season. But being greedy, if we can do, if we can adhere to your theory of winning the title in April, if we're still in the Champions League, then hopefully we can keep people fit. And for once, pet genius that he is, he doesn't manage to screw it up in the latter stages of the Champions League. But, but do you think they're actually planning for that? Don't you think he's just aware of the fact that, that, that his, the team is better than all the other teams and they're on a run and that and they'll, they'll, he'd be pleased if they then, if they do make sure they've, they've pocketed the, the, uh, the league before you got into the last rounds of the Champions League. But uh, it, do you think that's a specific plan that he's making, Chidge? I don't, I don't, I'm not convinced that that's the case at all. I just think that they're playing wonderfully and they're just, as a consequence, they're ahead of everybody. And if it just works out that he ends up with, you know, being 20 points ahead, he can then take his, his foot off the gas in that environment and perhaps cost it the players a bit more. I and mean, personally, I, I prefer living, winning the Champions League. I think it's... Um, it's uh, it means you're the best club in Europe, even if you're not. I mean, I just I, I love it. You know? well, it means you can say it, even if yeah. you're not. And I mean, the the reality <laughs> is the the absolute irony is. I mean, hand on heart. I mean, we we know we weren't the best team in 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 the competition when we won it in 2012. And I mean, if we're going to be you know very 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 honest, you know, City were 25 points ahead of us in the league yeah. when they won it, and you know. I think it's a stretch to say that we were the best team in Europe when we won it last season. But that, but David's right. It's a cup competition, and that's how the cup goes. You know, you sh- you can shit house your way to win it, but at the end of the day, if you do win it, you can go around saying champions of Europe. We know what we are, and up up Arsenal and everybody else. It's great. It's you know? great fun. It is great fun. Honestly, I recommend it, David. Honestly, you'll yeah. you'll enjoy it. Trust. You'll me. love it. You'll love yeah. it when you can say that. It's such fun. Anyway, I mean, look. Do you think the title is done, done and dusted? You know, whether you win or not tomorrow. No, never. Um, City fan of how oh, much? Fifty-eight now. I've been a City fan for fifty years. I've been through, you know, some really bad times. We've been down to the third tier. I honestly, I don't think there's. You'll find many City fans, certainly not traditional City fans, legacy fans. Who would be that arrogant, that stupid? Yes, I can see your T-shirt. <laughs> you know, we just don't take it for granted. Let's put it this way. If we lose to you guys tomorrow, it's down to seven points. Um, we've still got the dippers breathing down our necks if they get on a winning run. There's no way it's done and dusted. And it's, it's not false modesty until we are mathematically assured of being champions. There really is are very, very few City fans who would display the arrogance or the downright stupidity to say the league's won. Absolutely. I mean, Tuchel actually would share your view, David. I think he said in the press, and not if not today, then and recently, that, uh, you know, you, you, can't, you can't declare the race won when the race is still going on. And uh, I, I kind of agree with that. And as my good mate Daryl says on Mixler, you know, it's not over until it's mathematically impossible, and it is not yet. Um, so, look, talking about tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think I – th- I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think you played three at the back against us when you, you know, I thought won very comfortably at the bridge earlier this season. But you've been playing with four at the back for most of the season. So would, do you think you'll go three at the back uh, tomorrow, or will you go with a four? Do you know what? There's a caveat to this because the the COVID looms its head. We don't know who's fit and who isn't. Oh. Pepper said today that we've had more outbreaks of COVID uh, positive since last week against Swindon. 
we had seven first teamers out against Swindon. So it depends who's available. Um, I think if he's got most of his squad, he will go. I think he'll go for four. Ideally, it would be Walker, Cancelo, Diaz, and Laporte. Um, and I'd play Rodri in front of that because he's been outstanding. And I'd put Gundogan, Bernardo, De Bruyne, Sterling if he's fit, and Foden if he's fit. As I say, there's a lot of intangibles there because I think three or four of those I've just mentioned were COVID victims before the uh, Swindon game. Did Foden get, th- a, think, get an injury? I think he'll go for four. I think he'll Dave, go for four. Dave, did Foden get an injury or did he have COVID? Well, City don't tell us, you know, who's got COVID. They sort of, you know, data protection. But yeah. the understanding is that Foden had um, COVID. It was Foden, Grealish, Sterling, Edison, Fernandinho, Zinchenko and a another. Stones was injured. Uh, but with him saying he's got new cases, then, you know, you can add to that roll call new names. But it all depends if any of those who previously had it are now able to come back. So, because does Grealish just not get in because he's not he's not good enough given that the the team is so good? Is that the situation, or is there not a space for him at the moment? I think the situation with Grealish is um, it's like a lot of players who come to City, especially under Pep. Pep is very very demanding. You've got to learn new tricks. You've got to work your ass off. Personally, I think Grealish will be a good acquisition in the course of time. He is a very good player, but he has had to adapt a lot. Everything went through him at Villa. Whereas at City, you know, he's part of the, the cog in the machine. Um, and maybe at the moment there are players who are in more, more better form than him. But, I, I, you know, I'm delighted to have Grealish at the club. Uh, and who knows, he may, work, he may well play, but he did have, apparently have COVID last week. So. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, how, how that one develops. I mean... In the presser today, uh, David Tuchel kind of acknowledged that he that he dropped one or, or he made a bit of a blunder tactically when we played you at the bridge earlier in the season that we were, you know, too defensive, too passive in a sense. Um, and I don't think he's going to. I mean, as a result, I mean, he could be double bluffing, of course. But as a result, mm. I don't think he's going to play the same way. But you know, what do you think the best way to beat City is? I mean, Arsenal had a good go, didn't they, the other week? I thought they played pretty well against you, but tactically. But uh, what, what's the best way to beat City at the moment? You don't, just go don't, for don't say you... score more goals, because I know that. <laughs> no, you press. You press, you close us down, you match our work rate. Um, you don't give us time to be comfortable on the ball. It really is, you have to be, you have to be brave, but you go at us, because if you sit back, we will inevitably... Well, I say inevitably, it doesn't always work, but invariably we will pick off the opposition. We will find a way through. We will grind them down, you know, mentally and physically, and we'll move the defence all over the shop. We'll overload on certain areas. But no, I think if you want to beat City, you you match fire with fire and you go for it. Do you know? Yeah, I was just going to say, having sort of David said to press City, you want to see Lukaku on the team sheet then? Sorry, is that for me? It is. Sorry, David. Do I want to see Lukaku on the team sheet? Yeah, exactly. Chelsea's press isn't as, as as good with him in the team. I, I feel so. Is that a, do you want to see him playing then? Um, I wouldn't mind him playing. I'm not denying he's a good player. I think in Diaz and Laporte and or even Stones, if he's fit, we've got the central defenders who can cope with his physicality. Um, and yeah, we could probably better isolate him. Depending on what the you know what are the what are the alternatives from a Chelsea perspective if you don't play 
uh, Lukaku. Mm, yeah. Well, Havertz. Havertz. That bloke who scored the winner in the Champions League final. <laughs> I am well aware, thank you. The silky German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good player. He's a very good player. Um, I think, I don't know, it's a difficult one. You know, set pieces, Lukaku could be a threat. Um, he's a very intelligent player. But whether he's got the capacity to press, 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 as you guys have sort of intimated, is is, is debatable. So, yeah, I think maybe all things considered, Lukaku on the team sheet would be welcome. Having said that, he'll probably have a blind run score of bloody hat-trick. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, he's not in my team for tomorrow, that's for sure. Um, David, how do you see it going tomorrow? <laughs> now, this is where I always say, oh, I think it will be a narrow city win. So if I'm to be true to, true to what I said at the outset... And then it's 6-0, you mean. Chelsea are going to win 3-0, no problem. Yeah, right. Seriously, how do you see it going? Evenly contested, mm. very intense, very tight. Um, I'm hoping City will shade it. I mean, a draw is not the worst result in the world for mm. us, given where we are. Um, again, you don't know what the you know who's going to be in the team, who's fit, who isn't. I think we'll be well drilled. I'd like to think we'll shade it, but every time I've said that, you guys do the polar opposite. So, no, I'm going to do it. Chelsea are going to win. Sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you're doing, and I don't blame you for it. I mean, I, I think, I think the difficulty with it, with what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, does centre a lot around the respective issues floating around the camps. I mean, I, I, I didn't realise that there was so much COVID floating around City, so you don't even know who's likely to play and you know we're you know we, we seem to be getting back to a bit of form have I, I kind of wonder if we got over the hump with it and then in the press of today we hear that that Christensen's gone down with Covid so you know even if there's very few Covid victims in the squad there's some bloody tired and exhausted and players coming back from injury so I think it makes it very difficult to predict I mean if, if both teams were you know completely fit and had all their best players available then, then I think it would be like last season. You know, either of us could win it. Depends who you know turns up on the day and works harder for it, wants it more. You know, um, but I think you're right. I think tomorrow is very, 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 very difficult to predict. But there you go. Um, no doubt you're going along tomorrow, David. So uh, have a good time. Stay safe, of course. Well, thank you for those sentiments. I'm sure you probably mean stay safe, and you're sincere in that. But you probably don't want me to have a good time. No, I do. I do want you to have a good time, but not not to the extent where you know you, you wallop a six nil like the appalling, one of the worst worst. That is honestly one of the worst Chelsea performances I have ever seen in forty years of watching them. So is it four nil? Four nil in twenty minutes. Yeah, it was it? just it's just the way they threw it. David Luiz throwing in the towel. It was just. It reminded me of his performance against Germany in the World Cup, where he just basically went nuts and just you know. Hmm. Anyway, I'll, I'll be I'll be more, more than happy. Up. Sorry. Sorry, Barclays back pass will always stay with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was horrible. Sorry, sorry. I'll be delighted with a one nil win. Yeah. Uh, I'm very. I'm back, before I go, very pleased you guys beat Spurs, <laughs> and very pleased. And hopefully, you will see off either the victims or the wingers, the other teams in the semi-final and you can take the Caribou Cup on loan from us for a year. Of course, yes, because you do like winning that, don't you? It's how, yeah. It was ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently we're now in our ninth League Cup final, so it's, it's it was it was the first it was the first cup competition we ever won back in 65, the year of my birth, so there we go. And uh, do you know what the, do you know what the players got uh, for winning it? 20 quid? No, they got they got a tankard. 
a mug. Oh yes, they used to give those out, didn't they? That's yeah. right. They got a tankard, yeah. you know. So there you go. Anyway, on that on that uh, you know startling revelation, I'm going to let you go, David. But as always, brilliant uh, to have you coming on. You never know; we may catch up with you again uh, later in the season, either in the FA Cup final or the uh, or, or before or the Champions League, of course. Who knows? But thanks, guys, for having me on, and uh, all the very best. Thank you. Yeah, you too, my friend. You take care. Brilliant, brilliant stuff there. That's David Walker uh, from Red But Never Red, a fine gentleman indeed. Now, we uh, we will be back in a minute or two uh, to talk about our preview of the Man City-Chelsea game, so don't go away. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show with me, Stanford Chidge, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And him up there, Mr. Dean Mears. Dean, you're looking very, I don't know, I mean, I think the glasses are making you look uh, quite sophisticated tonight. Or Professorial. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, they, they bring the intelligence. Uh, yeah, the glasses do it. Yeah, no, you What's your view show? of the uh, of the team, Professor Mears? That's what I was would feel I ought to say now. Yeah, indeed. Maybe you will. Maybe you will. Uh, right now, it's our turn to uh, uh, oh shit, crashing into the mic. Talk about the uh, team selection and the uh, Man City Chelsea uh, match tomorrow. All I have to do is find what I wrote earlier. But J.K., this is what I came up with. And actually, I have to say, I wasn't a million miles out for the Spurs match. Actually. I got I got got that pretty much spot on, so uh, I'm improving. Uh, right here we go. Uh, we know we know that uh, Chaloba and uh, Christensen are out. Obviously, that's what we picked up today. So, Kepa, Rudiger, Silva, Aspilicueta. So I think he'll go a back three. Uh, Alonso, Jorginho, Kante, and I think he'll put Pulisic as the right wing back, and then he will go Werner, Havertz, and Mount up front. You feel there's no place for a doy who I thought defended very well during the week and had some good runs. He still doesn't take players on enough. I know that. But I thought he had a very... Um, he, he linked up very well with the attack. So I, I wonder whether Adoy might sneak in. We won't have as much of the ball, though. Instead of Pulisic. Well, he might play him as the right wing back. Yeah. Yeah, he might. He might. That's very true. I mean, he did... Pulisic has been just so... Um, I mean, you know, bless his cotton socks. It's he, He's not very good in that position. No. Uh, I agree he, with that. He tries very hard. I, um, I I really kind of went on it on the on the basis that Pulisic didn't play at all, did he, against Spurs? And I was thinking maybe yeah, true. he was resting true. him. It's but, the same way with Havertz. With Havertz not playing at all, your view is that therefore because he gave Lukaku a full ninety minutes, he'll just he'll play Havertz, yeah, yeah. bring Lukaku on later. It's very possible. Yeah. And Werner, uh, Werner actually, uh, other than. Um, there were two occasions when he uh, in in the Spurs game when he drove me mad. Um, one was which he, he he didn't bother to come back when the ball was booted up the pitch, so he was offside. But it, the game played on; he wasn't given offside. That was the only time that happened, and he looked less offside than he's ever been. And the other one was when um, Lukaku put pressure on the right back, went right and followed him into the corner, and rather than going up. And the only out the fullback had was to pass across to the goalkeeper. Rather than go on to the goalkeeper, which, in fact, Lukaku signalled him to do, he just stood on the edge of the penalty area. And it's that kind of thing you just think, I don't understand 
why you're not applying these really basic rules of of how to how to get the ball back you know you're standing on the edge of the penalty area doing nothing but apart from that and apart from a couple of shots which once again he missed he actually made some very good runs so as a selection um he put great pressure on particularly in the first half pressure on the the spurs defense so you have to admit that he does have a role but i still would like the ball to go in the net this is still my big thing you know that's what he did at uh, at his German club, is he was it Leipzig? He got the ball in the net, and we would really like to see that happening with both him and Lukaku and Havertz as well, because it 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 this this brilliance that they have even in the Spurs game should have scored again. They were brilliant in the first half, and yet you know the the ball not going in the net just it diminishes the the um, the, the superiority we've got every time. Mm. I mean, I, I personally, I thought, I thought, Luke, I thought Werner played pretty well against Spurs. I thought he was he was a better out ball than Lukaku. I mean, you know, he, he actually he completely. Ma- I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, and like we said on the on the on the show uh, on Monday that he he you know was a good out ball in terms of uh, you know when you know I, I mean it worked perfectly to plan, didn't it? Because we scored first. Like I said on the Monday show, it was all about who scored the first goal. We scored first. They had to come out. And of course, that made them very vulnerable to long balls over the top, which we kept pinging over. You know, invariably Lukaku would fall over the ball, but uh, Werner, I thought, you know, he he his control and the way he outpaced one of their, I think it was Tanganga, uh, was it was it Cheeseburger Royale? I can't remember one of them. Anyway, you know, he just absolutely did him for pace, and I thought he was really quite threatening as that. But like you said, none of the fuckers can put the ball in the net. Dino, um, do you fancy my team, or would you like to see a few different people in there? Uh, I like the look of the team, but I don't know if he does something different defensively. Like maybe even Saab stays in the team, and then Asby goes right wing back. And he plays a uh, four. Oh, would you play Saar as a wing back? You reckon? Uh, no, in the, in a three still. So then it's oh, basically right, five. In the three. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Asby can go right wing back. So yeah, I don't yeah, think he yeah. fancy Pulisic against uh, Cancelo. Uh, the front three, fine. Well, that, that's the front three that we yeah. had in Porto. Yeah, I think we'll see that again just for what sort of David was saying about the uh, being able to press them and go at them. You're not doing that with Lukaku. And even against Tottenham, Chelsea just weren't playing the ball to him because they couldn't trust that he would do anything with it or hold it and bring others into play. Everything went down the left and that's why Mount was pretty invisible because he was at, on Lukaku's side, unfortunately. So Lukaku's uh, managing to make Mount look a, a worse player. Well done. That's an achievement. Well, hang on. That's the that I, I learned that from J.K. Dino, right? That's what they used to do in the early seventies when they were most most seriously displeased in the in the East Upper or East. No, Middle. no, no. In in the whole of the ground. Whole of the ground. Just it wasn't just you posh people. Then it was the whole. No, lot. no, no, no. no. Wow. It wasn't such a thing as the East Upper. There was only the East Stand. Yeah, yeah. True enough. True enough. No, no. The, the slow hand clap went everywhere, all around the ground. Mm, yeah. So there we go. That was for Lukaku for making Mount look a worse player. Um. Yeah, I, I I have to say, Dino, you know, I mean, Daryl mentioned this as well, you know, and you make a good point about Pulisic versus Cancelo. Um, of course, you know, the perennial worry about playing any teams with pace is having Alonso at left wing back. Not that we have a lot of choice at the moment, but I'd like to remind everybody, including Daryl, that it was uh, it was Alonso who scored the winner for Chelsea when we beat them 2-1 up there last season. Isn't that right, Dean? Yeah, Alonso is that special player that, 
create something maybe when you need it in situations sort of the last minute or a free kick. And even if he has a, a dreadful game for 89 minutes, he is a player that does something in the penalty area, unlike some of our strikers. <laughs> That's true enough, true enough. I mean, the interesting thing, I think, will will really be whether he does play 3-4-2-1 or whether he does actually play, you know, this kind of 4-2-2-2, two, 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 uh, which he's kind of been playing uh, you know, quite recently, and I think there was an argument that people were saying that apparently that's that's the way to get the best out of Lukaku. But uh, you know, I mean, Lukaku looked like he was doing better under the three-four-two-one. Actually, I mean, like a villa, as J.K. was saying. But we shall see. Who can say? Anyway, um, what I'm I would noticing, I'm noticing you're slightly pissed off with Lukaku, and I like it, Judge. I like it. I like this. Uh, this sort of rasp in your voice whenever you Well, talk. because, you know, I think he shat on the club. I think he shat on Tuchel. Yeah. And I think he yeah. shat on us. And I think he shat on the players. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not a man that will necessarily bear a grudge. But, uh, you know, I think part of the re- reparative process requires him to not make apologies on Chelsea TV, which can be fluffed up by the PR department. Actions speak louder than words. So go out and fucking play like a hundred million pound striker and do what we need you to do, which is to put the ball in the net. Yeah. And I, and I haven't seen any evidence of that in the last two matches he's played against, dare I say it, non-league Chesterfield, who bullied him off the ball. Yes. And uh, and Spurs, who he didn't really. Well, I mean, whether he didn't trouble them or not is, is immaterial. But I just again thought that his control and touch was really poor, so he couldn't hold the ball up for us. I just thought well, that's not good enough for a hundred million quid, mate. You know, in other words, in other words, the coziness has gone. The honeymoon is over. Now it's about delivering. Right. I agree completely. As I've said over the one, in fact, I got vilified for daring to suggest that his performance against uh, Chesterfield was embarrassing. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm usually quite fluffy about players, but I think not with not with Lukaku now, not after what he did. No, no, not by you, by by people on Twitter. Oh well, I'm I'm not people on Twitter, obviously. You know. No, no, no. I wasn't aim- suggesting that you'd done that. No, but, no, no, uh, no. Point we, taken. We both agree with it about him. I don't think he's performing anywhere near the standard he should be performing at. Well, I said, didn't I, on Monday that I've got a theory that you know he can't he can't get his way out through a clever bit of media manipulation. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe he'll just be really shit. So we've got no option but to get rid of him. Yeah. You know who knows? Which is, we might buy a Bama Yang. A boomerang. Fuck yeah, off! No yeah. way. Um, although we did say that that Tuchel did uh, play, didn't he? He did introduce him to Dortmund, I think, didn't he? He did. He so did. you never know. I don't know. It's as usual. But do you know what really pisses me off when it boils down to it? It's the same old bloody story, isn't it, with Chelsea? For as long as I've been following this fucking club, we buy strikers for loads of money and they couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. It happens time and time and time. And I'm sick of it and bored of it, mate. Other than Diego. Diego, Drogba, DDA, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Bobby Tambling. Yeah, Kerry. Kerry. You know, but that's it really, isn't it? Anyway, you, you led me down a rabbit hole there of madness, but I kind of love you for it. Thank you. I, I needed that. I needed to get that off my chest, I think. Um, listen, um, you know, there is a sense to me that, I mean, we were talking about this a week or two ago and we were we were quite worried at the time. Well, I certainly was about going out to play City. They're... they're, they're winning every game um, and we were in a real pickle a lot of it COVID and injury and fatigue induced and I was thinking that's the last thing we need at the moment is to go up there and play a side like that I think I do think in the last week or two things have changed slightly and I think we are beginning to look a lot better 
as players are coming back and looking looking fitter and better. And actually, if if we look at it through that lens, we've got an exceptional record up at City. I didn't realise this until I, I until I read Rick's uh, uh, and Paul's uh, pre-match briefing. But we've uh, we've had twenty seven top flight victories at, at City since nineteen ninety two. And they, they, nobody else has beaten them up there as many times as we have, Dean. I mean, it's you know, we got a good record up there, and we won there last year, as we all know. Um, Palace won there last season, so you know, as the London as Blue Boys would say, why not us? Yeah, obviously, well, I don't think we're the team they want to play either. Um, given the coach we've got and what we've done against them last season, beating them what was it three out of four times? Uh, that Tuchel's got his number, but. What what worries me is that loads of Chelsea supporters have brought inflatable Champions League trophies. Brilliant, yes. And it really worries me that they're all going to have them and then we're going to get absolutely smashed um, by City as some sort of revenge for that. Yeah, that's, there's always that chance of, of schadenfreude, isn't there? But I have to say, I don't know if JK knew that, but I was aware of that on Twitter. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I remember we did it... We did it um, perhaps not with as many Champions League balloons, it has to be said, but when the, that brilliant Capital One Cup away match at Arsenal where we had about 10,000 in there, uh, 9,000, 10,000, something like that, and uh, it was it was the season after, uh, you know, I'm sure it was the season after we won the Champions League, but we went there and we, we went potty with all of that and they really hated it. I was right next to them. I was right next to the Arsenal fans and, and they're giving it. Me and Pablo had had a few beers beforehand and we just gave them shit and dog's abuse all night and they, they started moving away. They hate. They couldn't bear it. It was hilarious. I think if if ever there was a time to wave a, 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 a Champions League replica at somebody, it's now the yeah. season after you've won it. Yeah. Whereas poor old Nottingham Forest waving them at us. 30 years after after they've won it is and then you beat them 4-0 whatever it was in the cup it all that's all rather embarrassing but um but yeah why not why not why not particularly the 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 hatred we were given well no the arrogant com- the conviction that they were going to win it 5-0 number of people who walked past us when we were or we were in Porto saying 5-0 uh, 5-0 is going to be 5-0 ah you're shit you're a shit team we are going to be beaten 5-0. I've got so fed up with all that. So, yes, yeah. quite right. Quite right. To, to, you know, tomorrow is the day to do it. Everybody going up there. Uh, blow up your European Cup balloons and r- ram them right in their faces, mate. That's what it's all about. Um, talking about, you know, we were, I mean, it was very interesting to hear what David had to say about the best way to beat City. I thought I, I'm, I'm, he's such a, you know, he's an intelligent bloke and I knew he would answer it honestly. Not not kind of the usual, nah, we're not going to get beaten. Nobody can beat us kind of bollocks that so many other people would trot out. And it's really interesting, actually, because, again, the Rick and Paul's pre-match briefing covered this very, very well. Uh, and I mentioned it to David, didn't I? The way that Arsenal played them the other week. And that's exactly how Arsenal played. You know, they were they were in their faces. They, they, were, they were very intense. In a way, JK, a bit like we've been playing recently. Indeed, indeed. And Arsenal played like, that last night actually against uh, Liverpool uh, in a very similar way. And I, I think if we play as well as we did in the first half against Spurs, it's going to be a very competitive game indeed. But it, I think Tuchel was dissatisfied with the second half performance against Spurs, possibly distracted as we were by the refereeing idiocy. But I think we also, because of the substitutions, we did take our foot off the pedal and we need to be as precise as it as we were in the first half against Spurs. Where we, where we were absolutely excellent. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So Dino, 
high three-man press, which is what we've talked about, and we'd get that with Werner, uh, uh, Werner Havertz and Mount. Uh, counter-attacking using the width as well. I mean, that's often been a weakness of City because they push up so high, you just get behind them. But the other thing is, uh, which Paul and, and Rick mentioned, was winning the one-to-ones up front. So if you get a situation where you're one-on-one with their defenders, you can you know, make a bit of hay there. So do you think that's the way to go? Yeah, I think sort of similar to the Champions League final where you sort of can soak up pressure, you can make it compact that they're sort of small inside forwards can't get the space they need to create the opportunities and then you know, break quickly and find Havertz in a pocket of space. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, without a doubt, not be passive and defensive, which is, uh, as, as Tuchel said today, uh, was a tactical error on his part. But there you go. I mean, the other thing, chaps, I mean, again, you know, David was alluding to this when he was saying he doesn't think the title race is over. And it, it is a good point. I mean, we've got Brighton on Wednesday, um, City obviously tomorrow. If we win both of those matches, we're only four points behind them. I mean, then they, they then then I think they play uh, Southampton. Is it or is it Palace? I can't. I think it's Southampton they play. Which of course you know the current form they're going to beat most people. But you know it it does it does leave the door slightly ajar. I think J.K. It's not done and dusted yet, is it? I don't think so. No, there's always the possibility they might have a blip. You know, everybody goes on about blips. I have to say I'm not a great lover of the expression it normally means that somebody's just playing shit and the chances are they'll keep on playing shit and i've always felt blip meant that you had to come back and then be excellent um and frequently we've 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 as we have with frank we had a blip and then it all that's the blip was the the blip was the whole blip of the season that was the end of that with him um but no i i i i think somebody else could beat them and then if, if we go on a run where we beat we've got five in a row, then we're in a position where we might be breathing down their necks with only seven points behind them or even 10. I think if, if, uh, if they start playing bad, if they get stretched, if they get injuries, they haven't had any injuries, particularly they haven't had the same number of injuries. If, if they get distracted by, um, if he, if he doesn't start winning the league by like 15 to 20 points uh, and they do get distracted by the champions league or other trophies uh, or they get stretched in any way, I think we're still in with a with a chance. Yeah. I mean, if Palace Dean can go up there and win, I mean anybody can. I mean obviously, you know, we can tomorrow, but you know, it it's not inconceivable that they can drop points for you know throughout the remainder of their games in the season. So I I I I, I honestly, you know, I, I don't think uh, it is over yet. Mind you, we might change our minds if we lose and that extends the gap to 13 points because that is you know, to expect them to lose what That'll be five matches or four and a draw, maybe. It's a bit inconceivable, I think. Yeah, I think losing it, you think it's over. But yeah, like you said, you know, any team in this league can beat any team on on the given day. They're no good playing the game on paper. You need to turn up on the pitch, and we beat them on the biggest stage. Tuchel's beaten Guardiola three times out of four, so there's no reason for them to sort of fear going to the Etihad and, and playing them. And you know, it's like the Prem Prediction League's changes. It's not one in January. The title's one in, in May. This is very true. Yes, this is very true. It's a shame you missed Monday night's show, Dean, or weren't on it, uh, because obviously you would have heard me gloating. You were, I've, I've you heard were crowing. I was Jeez. crowing, was I? You were crowing. Is that yeah. worse than gloating? Much worse. Okay, I was crowing, Dean. There you go. Yeah, I was the second best points performer last week. Yeah, you were you were very you know yeah you were very kind of in my face about you know being above me and stuff, mate. And then suddenly after you know December may be shit for Chelsea, but not for Chidge is all I'm saying. Chidge was Corvick. 
Yes, Corvic. Mm. What's that? Corvic. It sounds like it, but no, it's not even chest rub. No, it's just <laughs> it's another word for crow. I've never heard that before. There you go. You don't you don't don't get this on any other podcast. You get educated on even I get educated on this podcast. What can I say? Right then, you lot. Uh, Dino, how do you think it's going to go tomorrow? Uh, much like the Champions League final, very tight, very cagey, and, and Chelsea win one nil. Mm, fair enough, Dino. After like you are Dino, I'm going pots already. It's obviously, Let's t- him again, Dino. Yeah, what do you think? How, how's it going to go, Dean? See if we get a different answer. <laughs> Uh, 6-0 Chelsea. There we go. <laughs> JK. 1-1. Uh, 1-1. One, one. One, one. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, and this is probably going to be the root of my downfall this weekend with the Prem Predictions League, but I've gone for 2-1 us. But uh, I, I just have a have a hunch, <clears throat> you know, a bit like um, a bit like what we said after the 1-0 the defeat, um, Back whenever it was, I think it was September, wasn't it? And uh, I, I felt that 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 Guardiola was absolutely determined to win that match in a, in an almost unhealthy way because he was pissed off that we beat them in the Champions League. And I think there's quite an interesting rivalry between him and and Tuchel and Pep. But we know from the press of today that there's a there's a, a lot of a lot of respect there for each other. They both think they're very good at what they do. So I think I think there's a, a kind of a healthy rivalry in a way. It's not a, not a nasty one like Mourinho and Benitez was. So I think <clears throat> as a result of that, you know, I think Tuchel will be absolutely determined to, to try and get one over on Pep tomorrow, which might make him up his ante. I mean, the only thing that worries me, of course, is the, is the, the reality that we will not have our best team out. The, whichever way you swing it, when you don't have James and you don't have Chilwell as the left and right wing backs, you do not have your best Chelsea side out there. And that that's the only thing that could screw us. But, you know, let's be honest, you know, Aspie can play right back if uh, right wing back if needs be. And Alonso's done it before and scored the winner last season. So, hey, anything's possible. But I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go for 2-1. Dino's going for 1-0. JK's going quite cautiously with a 1-1. That's unlike you, JK. It's rare for me, isn't it? It is. Okay, then, 3-0. No, no, no. I think you, you said 1-1, one, one, and I think that's that's think quite shrewd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's quite shrewd. And I don't think 1-1 one, one will be the worst result, but I don't think it will do as much many favours. Well, I think 1-1, one, 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 I think if we, lo- if we lose tomorrow, 13 points clear, I really think that's the title gone. I mean, they're not going to lose four games, plus maybe five. Should you know who the referee is? Do you know what? I didn't look. Um, anybody on Mixler know who the ref is? If you could tell us before the show ends, I would be appreciative. But no, I don't. It'll probably be somebody who hates us or is incompetent. So that pretty much rules if most of them at, in. At, Atkinson, you know, be be prepared for man running. Do you know what? Long... I, I can find out if you give me... Very long way away from the... Keep, uh, keep, keep filling, JK. Because um, I don't know if you've noticed, but he... I, I feel sorry for Atkinson. I don't think, don't think that's a very good position to be with the referee. Oh, my God. I found sorry. it. <coughs> it's Pawson. Uh, also known as Poor Son. Poor Son. <laughs> oh, dear. So, well, I mean, like I said, it doesn't matter who the referee is. They're all absolutely awful, you know? Who's the... Um, who's the um... The, the the Stockley Park person. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't tell me that. It doesn't just... tell me because I have to say I was really surprised that Dean was the man who was making all those decisions with Mariner. He must have it in there. Must have fallen out. Well, I think you know we we didn't really talk about it in too much detail, did we? When we were talking about the Spurs match, but uh, 
you know, it, it was nice to see us on the right end of some VR, VAR decisions for once. You know, they were all appalling decisions. Clear, I mean, not you know, he got it so comprehensively wrong. So I think it was even impossible for Mike Dean to get up to his usual nefarious tricks. <laughs> it's true. But, you know, it was good. I mean, actually, for the first time in a long time, I really thought, oh, actually, I'm quite glad we got VAR because without VAR, we would have been absolutely stuffed. Yeah, we'd have been gone, gone to penalties. Yeah, it would have done. Uh, Brian Justman, absolute legend that you are. Uh, Darren England is on VAR. He's been on VAR for quite a lot of people. I think he was on. I think he was on uh, for the uh, the Villa United Cup match, which went horribly wrong on VAR. I could be wrong. Was anyway. that with um, what, the 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 chap who just gets every single free kick? What was his name? Bloody hell! Um, with a T begins with a T. There was the ref. Tierney. Tierney, who just just did that play on no they do that expansive crossed arms no even though he was very close and it was so obviously a penalty it's it's that when you just think this must be overturned by var and nothing happens you yeah, just think what on earth is going on well let's hope there's no nonsense like that unless it works to our advantage um i'm looking forward to it either way it's always a cracking match you're going up there aren't you jk i am i am you meeting mr Meehan? Um, he's in a different level to me. He? He's in level t- um, two, I think. Oh, I'm wow. in level one. And are you going up with Alex? Uh, no, unfortunately, uh, Bertie is ill. Oh, no. Yes, and she's having to take Bertie to the vet tomorrow morning um, because uh, they won't see him for another 10 days and he's a bit incontinent and she's worried about that. Oh, bless so, her. Though um, somebody licked his face. So she's got another cat as well. Licked his face and he gave him a good pawing smashed him in the face for doing so so she thought thought well that that's that's Bertie of old so he can't be that oh I'm glad to hear that of course Bertie made a a, a starring cameo appearance didn't he on Monday he did yeah, he did he did indeed and, and you in fact um you managed to uh, to impersonate him quite well or another cat yes and, uh, and he actually reacted and pricked his ears up and and, and came into shot in Zoom he because did. of your, your cat impression. He did. We found a new role for me, didn't we? But there you go. Yeah, the, the, the second time you tried it, he paid no attention yeah, at all. True enough. Who knew I could be catty? Eh? Anyway. Uh, right, that's enough from us lot this week. Uh, been a great week. Been fun to do, as it always has. Uh, JK uh, and I will be back on Monday for, of course, the main Chelsea Fancast show with Dane Whittle, who is, of course, Dean Mears' partner in crime, along with Jane Chappell on the went to Mo King's Meadow podcast, Dean. Yeah, he is uh, doing a fantastic job as well, is Dane. Um, no football for a while for us, though, because of COVID. Um, but they don't really tell us what's going on until a day or so before the match. Yeah, what what is going on? That's that's There's loads. I mean, I think it's the last three matches <clears throat> have been postponed now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so, so Chelsea played Wolfsburg on December the 16th um, with two players out with COVID then had their next match on the 19th, which was the last one before the winter break, cancelled. Then the first match on the 7th of January was cancelled because of COVID. Uh, And then this match has now been cancelled because of COVID for the opposition. So they're getting better. Then the opposition goes down. So they've not played for over a month. Mm, Bloody hell. So what are you doing for podcasts? Uh, Well, they're due to play next Wednesday. Uh, So we did the transfer special last week, which is out now. And then we'll do a preview for the West Ham game. But we don't know if that's going to go ahead or not. But we'll do it anyway. Yeah, good on you. I'm going to, by the way, for people you know who who subscribe via Acast, I will be putting the preview of the 
uh, Chelsea FC women's team versus Everton up anyway, because that's how we roll, isn't it? Yeah, well, we've done it, so we might as well publish it. Absolutely right. Uh, okay, so there we go. So uh, Dane will be on the show with us on Monday, as will Jonathan. Sam Incasol's coming on for the whole two and a half hours. What has he, oh, what has he done to deserve man. that? The poor man. Is that a punishment? Oh, it looks like it. It well, must be. Perhaps Adam just might take over from him if uh, if we ask him if it all gets too wearisome. No, no. Sam will be on. I've warned I've warned him about this, so I think he'll be on anyway. Sam well, I meant Inc- about half, halfway through as a kind of substitute. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we could bring on a substitute. Yeah, that's, I haven't thought of that. Anyway, yeah. Sam Incasol from Football London will also be with me, J.K. and Dane Whittle uh, from seven o'clock. Of course, in the evening, we'll be looking back. Uh, at the match against City and we'll be looking ahead to the match against Brighton on Tuesday evening. I think I said Wednesday earlier on, didn't I? It's on Tuesday evening. Uh, there we go. Uh, Dean, it's what a, what a delight to see you on the fancast again. We haven't seen you for a while. It's been great to see you tonight. Yeah, Monday's evenings have not been uh, too kind, so I've had to stick to the Fridays, but always a delight and the, the best podcast there is well, well, is the fancast. You're very, very kind to say that, but you make it uh, help to make it what it is as well, mate. So don't ever forget that. Good to see you, Dean. Uh, JK, dear old JK. Been fun this week. I don't know why. I've just, I've really enjoyed it this week. Uh, yeah, I think it helps when we win. Yeah, yeah. You know, drawing and missing chances. Winning, but still missing chances. Now I'm just getting, I've just bemused about, you know, we buy this, this hundred million pound player to put the ball in the net and he's, he might as well be playing Chris Sutton or mm. Alan Mays. You know? yeah. Well, we'll see. The jury is out, but let's hope it gets better. Uh, and, uh, you know, who knows? may get better tomorrow for all we know because we do have a habit of getting the team selection wrong. Uh, right, everybody who's been listening this week, particularly those of you lovely people on Mixler, uh, I have been looking at your comments, as, uh, as I always do throughout the, throughout the show, but lovely to see you here. Thank you for your loyal support. And, of course, everybody who uh, listens to this as a podcast later on when I stick it up there, thank you for listening. Uh, see you next Monday, next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.